Have a few minutes? You won't believe what you can do with it. Open a Regions checking account online in as little as five minutes. Then enjoy award-winning service and banking tools and tech that help you live in the moment. Learn more at regions.com slash live in the moment. Regions Bank member FDIC. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Business Radio is presented by Regents Bank. Brave the beginning. Member FDIC. And hello again, everybody. This is Stephen Julian, your slightly annoying host today. Mike is actually producing the show, and uh, with me as my co-host today is Harper LaBelle, and you are listening to Gwinnett Business Radio. Greetings, Harper. Steven, it's great to be here. Thank you very much. This will be my inaugural time being on. I've been on the show yes. as a guest, yes. but now I'm part of the team. How about that? Mike's co-hosts have joined together, and we've created a coup, and now we get to host the show together. Yeah. It's kind we, of exciting. First show here, we kick Mike out. How about yeah, that? absolutely. I like it. Uh, more important than Harper and I being here, we have two great guests with us today. We have Dean Reeves with Reeves Young, and we also have Steve Malone of Malone Realty Group. So uh, let's uh, let's just go ahead and start uh, meeting our guests. So Dean Reeves, he is the chairman of Reeves Young, which I kind of suspected because your last name is also in the name of the company. Dean Reeves, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. So Reeves Young, uh, anybody who lives in the Gwinnett area and has gone up Peachtree Industrial Boulevard has seen y'all's building, but they might not know exactly what you guys do. So tell us about Reeves Young and, and what you guys do. Well, Reeves Young uh, is a... Um, team of about 500 individuals uh, that uh, we have several divisions we we have a uh, commercial division both public and private we have a heavy civil division we have uh, uh, our water resources division and our industrial division so we are uh, glad to be in Sugar Hill, and we have uh, built our building up there about five years ago. Yeah, for those people who might not have known what you do, the thing that's happening now is if they've been in Atlanta for any length of time, they're going, oh, yeah, I've seen their signs at various construction projects throughout the city. Uh, you mentioned that it was a team of 500. I think you kind of said that because the culture at, at Reeves Young is a little unique and a little different. Talk about the culture and what sets you guys apart. Well, I think that's the most important thing. I know that it is for uh, Eric Young and myself. And we, we spend a lot of time uh, thinking about and making sure our culture uh, within our team uh, maintains where we want it to be. We do a lot of events for our employees during the year. Uh, I think it's over 20. Uh, and we think that's important. And it is a team effort. Everything we do... Um, we want our employees to be able to know that they can go to another division, another employee or whatever to gain help, uh, to gain assistance in whatever they've got, uh, with questions, anything. And everything we do is it's a team effort. And we also use the word believe, and that's believe in your teammates, believe in the company, and I think that's what's helped our growth. When, uh, when, when you've grown to – and let me ask this question. Reeves Young has been in operation – since for how long here in the metro atlanta area well it, if it really goes back to 1952 when my dad started the business and wow. it was known as reeves ditching and contracting at that time so we're celebrating 70 years man this year and that's an amazing that any business can be around that long now we've morphed into something a little bit different over the 70 years but um you, you know that's where it got started yeah. And in 2017, 
uh, I mean, 2007, uh, Eric Young came in as my partner, and then we have grown the business, uh, uh, our teammates have, uh, over the last uh, 15 years, and, and so that's, uh, that's where we got it rolling. I like it, and, and we talked about culture, and I want to get back to that, and I want to get back to the team, but uh, being the fact that, that uh, your business has been in operation continuously for 70 years and kind of had to pivot a couple of times, I wanted to ask, as far as new business now, um, you know, I'm sure getting the business has changed from from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and when you started in the business till now. So, Reeves Young, what are some of the projects you guys are kind of currently working on? What are some of the projects that might be down the road? Uh, you know, what what's the vision for the future of Reeves Young, and, and how what are the new projects? Because we see the signs everywhere, but there's still a process to, to get you guys the bid. So what, what, what are we looking at? Well, there is. And, of course, um, our, our motto is built by relationship. And, and for us, it's not that first job. <clears throat> it's a relationship uh, continuously. Uh, and we want to feel like that we are a partner with the people we work with. Uh, rather than simply a, a contractor or a subcontractor, uh, whatever the case may be. So we have expanded into Nashville, uh, Tennessee. We've expanded into Charlotte. We will look to expand into some of the other states. Um, so the projects, you know, will vary uh, with hotels uh, that we uh, – one of our clients is uh, Sanji Company that we, we uh, just finished a hotel at Lenox uh, that we're real proud of. Um, and so on the general contracting side, it varies everything. We, we did uh, some work for the city of Lawrenceville. We just finished uh, City Hall for Chambly, city of Chambly. So we have a lot of various type products, uh, projects in that area. And then our heavy civil division um, is working all over Atlanta. They have a real niche, and it's a tremendous job that that group does. Uh, it's, we've got now probably 20 crews. And they do the heavy, serious uh, work in downtown Atlanta for the most part. Uh, our water resources group, uh, we just are finishing a big job for the city of Chattanooga. And now our other group, uh, the industrial group, is really growing and expanding very quickly and doing the big box uh, facilities out there. So we're very diversified, and it's... Um, let me tell you, you come to work there, you better have your running shoes on. Well, part of the reason I would say I agree with you that I, I'm i not in construction, but I know enough about how many problems can exist on a daily basis that you have to overcome. So I imagine the relationship, always having smart people around you that are able to figure out, oh, there's a logistical problem here, and the inspector says no here, and this is two inches too big here. we got to move things around. You're constantly solving problems to try to get your client exactly what they want. Talk a little bit about how important it is to have the right people around you, or even if you can't figure out, somebody's going to be able to and be able to produce a, a great result that everybody's happy with well that's right harper i mean it's it's um construction brings problems of some sort um and us having the tremendous amount of talent at the office whether it's in your particular division or not there's probably somebody in the office or out in the field that can help with that issue and so we have a we just have the talent going deep 
that you can reach back on the knowledge that those people have, have uh, uh, you know, gained over their careers. And by having that group at Reeves Young, it, it helps us navigate those problems that you're talking about and just make the job go a little smoother. Um, and our people are incredible, the stuff they will do on a Sunday night, if that's what it takes. Uh, they go out there and get the job done. Again, they believe in what they're doing. They believe in their teammates. And we're here to, to uh, get the job done for the client. You talked uh, also about, you know, if somebody wants to work with Reeves Young, better have your running shoes on. But you also talked about o over 20, you know, 20 events a year and, and kind of taking care of the team and, and showing them their worth, not just in pay, but also in, in extra benefits and, and, you know, parties, things like that. Why would, apart from that, why else would someone want to come work at Reeves Young? Why, you know, you, you kind of gave a challenge about running shoes, but what kind of environment would they be walking into? What, what can they expect? Well, a couple of things. We, we believe in creating opportunities for everybody and their families. It's not about just the individual. It's about their families. And we want to create an opportunity for them to uh, meet the dreams and goals that they have for themselves in their career. And also, uh, you could be an owner at Reeves Young. Right now, there are 36 owners of Reeves Young. And we uh, continue to believe that we want it to even be hundreds of owners. And Eric and I, uh, each year, we bring in new owners to Reeves Young, and it's important. And I think that that, that in itself, um, for someone to come work at Reeves Young, um, you have the opportunity to create your own dreams and be an owner. And so when you talk about those opportunities and dreams, sometimes those opportunities and dreams might be I start in a construction job, but I move to something else or I move to a more office, white collar. And maybe that job is in a different line of work that and you're talking about helping them with their education. And maybe they don't stay at Reeves Young, but you're also talking about maybe start on a job construction site and work your way all the way up to part ownership of the company. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's not just office people that are owners of Reeves Young. Talk about that. Well, our, our people out in the field, uh, it's our project managers, our project engineers, our uh, foremans on the heavy civil side. Um, so it's spread throughout the entire company. It's not just a um, select group. It's people that's getting the job done, and it's open to everybody, uh, that position. But to what you said... Um, <clears throat> yeah, you can, you can start as a, a laborer in the field or, or on a certain job and move your way up, and we are always looking to move uh, individuals within, within our company to new roles. And that just brings the weight of the words you used on the first answer of, of team, Reeves Young trying, uh, being a team. Teams, you know, people who play on other teams they're not necessarily owners of the team so that it brings even more weight and even more depth to what it means to be part of the team at reeves young literally sharing in in the profits not just in your salary so yeah we we encourage um everyone to be training somebody to take their position i like that and and that's and some people would go well that's going to work them out of a job no so they can be more creative and find other roles that well, when Eric and I started uh, in 2007, we just only had heavy civil. So today there we have five go. divisions. So think about where you could be today if you would have started in 07 
um, and, and those divisions that have built up. 2008, you have the housing crisis, and we'll talk a little bit about housing in, in just a minute. How did that affect your bottom line in that you're trying to grow and everybody, whoa, 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 there's a gigantic recession going. How does COVID, how has the last two years, what, what have you seen in the market that has been a challenge and how, how do you feel that you're going to come out of that in the next couple of years, your, your growth rate and your expansion? Because you're all over the Southeast now and you're looking to grow even further. You know, in 2008, when the recession hit, we looked at it as an opportunity uh, and a challenge. That's what we look for every day. Uh, we hired people in 08 when everybody was letting them off because there was so much good talent out there. And we became creative. Um, we never did any DOT work, but we went and got a DOT license, and we bid on DOT jobs in 08 because that was the only jobs there were out there to bid on. But we looked at it as an opportunity, um, and we worked right through it and continued to do work and work hard and even look at areas maybe we hadn't thought about going to work to do certain jobs. Um, so I remember we built a parking lot for uh, uh, the DOT. That, that wasn't something we thought about doing in 07, but uh, you got to look around. Now, with COVID, we never slowed down. Uh, we continued work every single day. Uh, we continue to hire today. We are still in growth mood mode and uh, did the dot require you have a mask while you're out there uh, Were, well was everybody wearing a mask <laughs> not, while you're not no eight <laughs> not no eight but uh no we we uh anytime those we we don't watch the news much we're too busy we're going to work and we're not uh we're, we're not waiting on somebody else you know the, and we're we're in the midst of you know higher inflation and what's going to happen next and, and there's always something that everybody's concerned but business leaders, business owners, people who are building a team and building a culture, you're like, we'll, we'll keep finding ways. That, that, I like that. Show up for work. Don't watch the news. There's yeah. always an opportunity. I, if I took one thing out of your answer, that, that's a big one. I, I want to change direction just slightly. We're speaking with Dean, Dean Reeves. He is the chairman of Reeves Young. And uh, we're going to finish the interview by giving you a chance to have people contact you uh, for jobs or, or, or sites or things like that. But... I uh, was kind of instructed before the show that uh, there's an interesting little uh, personal thing that you were right in the middle of horse racing season. We just had the Kentucky Derby, and you had a horse that raced at Churchill Downs, not in the Derby, but at one of the other stake races. Talk a little bit about this uh, personal passion of yours. Yeah, thanks. It, it, um, it's just such an interesting industry, the horse racing. Uh, I have met people in this business that I never would have dreamed I would have uh, ever been able to sit down and talk to on a uh, just sitting at the races because as owners we all have the same passion and we all have the same problems and if if my horse uh, beats his horse that day he may beat me next time because maybe mine just didn't get the right uh, ride or something but uh, yeah, I, I've uh, grown into a pretty big passion of uh, horse racing, and I think a lot of it got started uh, back in 2011 when, as an owner of Mucho Macho Man, he raced in the Kentucky Derby and finished third. And that probably was um, one of the most impactful uh, days of my life, uh, to be able to walk on that track NBC covering you as you're walking along with the horse and the trainer 
and look up and see 165,000 people just uh, having a time of their lives. And uh, so the whole experience was unbelievable. And I've been fortunate enough to have three horses run in the Kentucky Derby uh, since then. And so we race um, really uh, over in Europe and in America now. And we just got back from France last week from a horse sale there. So, yeah, it is a passion. It's grown bigger than I ever thought it would be. But um, we have a good time. And, you know, when, when you see your horse come down, and, and uh, Harper can relate to this because when he catches a, a ball and lands in the end zone and that's that winning touchdown, the feeling is unbelievable. And, and I know, Harper, you've caught many a ball in the end zone. Uh, and so when, when I have that experience and, and you do it with friends and family, uh, there's nothing like it. Down the stretch they come. That means a little <laughs> bit. It's a greater significance to you when you're owning than, than for the average fan yeah. who's just betting on, you know, win, place, or show. When you first got involved, did you ever think that, you know, it would get to the level I mean, you, you've, like you said, you've had three, three horses in the Kentucky Derby. You were just there this past week. You had one run on Wednesday, but you were in New York. for. You're, you're going all over the place. You've got horses all over. Yeah, I never dreamed it would be like this, and I guess I was pretty naive about the whole thing. Uh, I remember, you know, I had gone to the Kentucky Derby 22 years in a row just as a fan. Oh, wow. Because it's just it's it's just such a day. Yeah, I mean, for most incredible. of us, it's a bucket list. But when yeah. you first went, what did did it, were your eyes as open uh, to the event itself and seeing the actual steeples there and and just the the majesty of of the whole um, I'll call it the stadium, but but everything yeah. that's a part of that that area. You know, when I first went, it was uh, the days that I was bartending and, and we were uh, just a bunch of guys said, let's go tomorrow. And we drove up there. We had no tickets and we went in the infield. And we never saw a horse. <laughs> uh, but we realized afterwards, if you could go over in the stands, it'd probably be a nice uh, event. A little bit better. So over the next 22 years, we were able to, to get tickets and really go up and make a big deal out of it. And, and we just had a great time. Then there was a little bit of a gap and... and uh, through meeting uh, uh, some individuals that invited me to go in partners with them. Uh, I tried it and um, really enjoyed the competition of it. But, you know, horse racing is, is the only sport, I guess, a business that I'll never own the Atlanta Falcons. But Reeves Thoroughbred Racing can be as big as I want it to be, and I can run in the biggest events, the right. Super Bowl events of horse racing. Yeah. Uh, we just saw a guy win the Kentucky Derby with a horse he claimed for $30,000. You can't do that in anywhere else. Right. And uh, I was so happy to see that because it is um, – people talk about it being, um, you know, for the rich only. But that just shows you that anybody can go out there and buy that horse that can go to the biggest races in horse racing. And I think I'm part of that in that I didn't know anything about horse racing and owning a horse. But after I bought my fourth horse, he had me in the Kentucky Derby. Hmm. Man. All Results, right? right? you got to be fast. you got to have gotta, some talent. Well, and being all, in the right place at the right yeah. time. Yeah. And, and sure, there's a lot of luck involved with it. And you buy some horses and you've got to, 
you got to hope they're fast. you got to hope they don't get a slight injury, a fever, or something like that. It's all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, it can be done by anybody. That's fantastic. So, Dean, one of the things you've done in this interview is – uh, you have really created a tease for bringing you back on the air to talk more about both construction and also about horse racing, and, and I'm sure we could fill hours. But uh, I'm going to stop it, and, and we're going to do the tease and, and you know maybe bring you back another time. So let's, uh, let's wrap up uh, with uh, Reeves Young. For those people who uh, want to make contact, either they're looking to get into the construction field or they're looking to uh, – do some bidding or, or get some bidding from you guys how do people get in touch with Reeves Young well they can go on our website obviously we've got a lot of information there on ReevesYoung.com to to guide you uh, through uh, applying for a job uh, going in there and, and seeing our different divisions uh, whether you'd like for us to come to work for you and do some projects uh, you can look and see uh, what we have going on what we've accomplished and finished uh, but it's it's a pretty um, all-in website that they can go in whether you want to uh, come to work for us or have us do some work for you so and lastly uh currently in the 2022 racing season uh the name of uh your horse right or one of the horses that we should maybe be tracking in the in the sheets uh obviously one of my three-year-olds name is big invasion and i uh he's doing real well another one is named senbei he has won four stake races uh he's four out of five uh, well, he's five out of six now. He just won a stake race Sunday. So we've got some nice horses that will like be it. racing in New York and Kentucky over the summer. And uh, we're re- really excited about, uh, you know, going up to Saratoga Springs for the summer and so, racing. So, so everybody, check out ReevesYoung.com. And then also check into uh, Big Invasion and Simbe and see how they do this uh, racing season and, and follow uh, Reeves Horse Race. Is, is, it's Reeves is, Thoroughbred Racing. Reeves Thoroughbred Racing. Yep. So. Dean Reeves, Chairman of Reeves Young, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. It was uh, good to see my neighbor uh, Harper again and, and uh, catch up with him. But I've really enjoyed the time, and thanks for having me. Well, we're glad you brought Harper with you because we roped him into being the co-host on this show. So you, you accomplished a lot There today. you go. Uh, before we get to our next guest, we want to remind everybody that Gwinnett Business Radio is brought to you by Regions Bank. We all know keeping your company's financial future on track means having the right resources to support your growth. Regions Commercial Banking offers you lending capabilities and strategic solutions tailored to your needs, and you'll work with a team of experienced bankers here in Gwinnett. Discover steps to take that can help move you closer to your business goals. Regions is here to help. To learn more, visit regions.com forward slash commercial dash banking. Regions Bank member fdic mike leaned over in the production booth but did not get to it member fdic hey hey i already did it you can't do it on top of me and you're only producing if anyone should do it harper should lean in right now and say member fdic member fdic he did it better than both of us all right welcome uh, to our second guest this morning steve malone of malone realty group steve i am constantly amazed that people like yourself can find businesses to buy with their names already in it i i that's an amazing story that we probably don't have time to talk about today but uh, today. yeah malone realty group obviously has to do with real estate talk a little bit uh, uh about your firm and uh, maybe what sets you guys apart from do other... i do the member fdic no no you're not and, member uh, fdic okay. are, are you member well, fdic just, that'd wanted, be impressive no i just wanted to do the the plug that, <laughs> oh okay that would you okay everybody I'm, I'm, everybody stop steve malone of malone realty group uh, is a fan of Regions Bank. 
member FDIC. All right. All right. Well you done. It. Nailed oh, it. Oh, a golf clap a golf in the background. Clap for that. I'll take it. Uh, Steve Malone, Malone Realty Group, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you obviously are a, uh, a realtor. Yes, sir. Uh, so everybody knows what a realtor, or they think they know, and we'll get into that. But right. I think the first most important question is how did you find yourself to be a realtor? How did you get to that okay. place? So I've been in real estate for about five years now. I got in 2017. Before that, I was actually in sales, doing advertising sales. Learned in the dojos of Al Simon, who I know graces these airwaves every absolutely. once in a while. Um, and and he's, he's the best. He's absolutely the best. But I learned a lot from him. Um, but I was in sales for about three years before that. Before that, for 14 years, I was actually at uh, Channel 5 here in Atlanta. I was the weather guy. I was behind the scenes, and then actually somehow, some way, I was wearing a suit one day and ended up on TV, and they couldn't pull me away from the microphone. So everyone right now <laughs> is going to pause this interview if they're if they're not listening live, and they're going to YouTube Steve YouTube. Malone, uh, weather guy, and they're going to pull up either bloopers or really great moments. It, 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 there's my reels there, <laughs> and I had a lot more hair, much younger. <laughs> Several kids ago. All right, I was six now. So, <laughs> so we've got, we've got uh, we've got a nice back uh, backstory. But you uh, you've been doing uh, you've been a, a realtor for five years. Yes. So talk. Uh, there are realtors everywhere, right. and there or more real estate agents everywhere. But talk about being a realtor, especially in today's market. Um, how do you set yourself apart? What are some of the things that you do differently from a lot of other agents or realtors? Well. I was, I'm very thankful that I was brought in by a good friend of mine. I joined his team to start out, and I was on his team for about three years, and really learned the ropes of how do how are you supposed to do this? Because a lot of people, I mean, you get your real estate license, and uh, I'm a big Seth Godin fan. I don't know if you read any of his stuff, Marketing Genius, um, but he always talks about the great thing about being an entrepreneur is you can wake up one day and say, I'm an entrepreneur, and you are. Now what do you do? You know what I mean? And and the realtor is kind of the same way. You get your real estate license, you're a realtor, congratulations. All right, now what are you going to do? You have no idea what you're going to do. So thankfully, I, I went under his wing for several years, learned the ropes, learned how to do it the right way. And I think a lot of realtors don't learn how to do it the right way. Because at the end of the day, the right way is servicing your clients with the best in the business. And I, I always say I, I am not the smartest one when it comes to, I'm smart at what I'm smart at. But you know, my transaction coordinator, she is fantastic at keeping all the deals in place. I hire the best photographers, we hire the best stagers, we hire the best, you know, the best of the best. My job is to be sure my people are taken care of. And, and that's, to me, a lot of realtors kind of miss that. And it's easy to get underwater because every deal gets on, goes on fire at some point. Even the quiet ones at the, at the finish line, well, they'll catch on fire. So it's not just construction that there's always a problem. Every yeah. real estate transaction. Yeah, I, I, is yeah, I heard have him a, say that, and I kind of laughed. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. So there's always something that's happening. So speaking of something that's happening, obviously, right now as we're recording this in 2022, the real estate market has gone through dramatic right. uh, growth, dramatic craziness, um, many memes and YouTube videos <laughs> poking fun at, at just how crazy the market has been. Give your sermon, give your you know rant or or calming, soothing voice of what has been happening, what is going on, what can we expect well, moving forward? It's the it's the million dollar question that everybody asks me or everybody says is like you know at some point the market's going to completely crash and all the prices are going to come down like they did back in two thousand eight, and I tell everybody, you know, it feels like that except for the fact that there's no homes on the market, 
And I don't know when that's going to change. Because what happened coming out of the recession in 08, 09, for a good 10 years, we only built maybe a quarter to a third of the homes that we normally build in a decade. So we're way behind on how many homes we have out there. And every time we start getting ramped up, then something like COVID happens and everybody stops building. And then once they start building again, where we are right now, all of a sudden everything costs an arm and a leg and everybody slows down and the rates are going up and whatever. So every time we feel like we're kind of getting back to building where we're supposed to be, everything pulls back again. So it's kind of the back and forth. But at the end of the day, what it means is there aren't a whole lot of homes on the market or being added and we have a whole lot of people in the country. And as long as there's not enough homes, the prices aren't going to come down. So that, so it's navigating people through that. But at the same time, there are concerns. I mean, things are slowing down because of the rates going up. As we're recording this, the rates are going up. Um, and that's, you know, a lot of the buyers are having buyer fatigue. They've been looking for a couple of years since COVID happened. When COVID happened, we thought, you know, what's going to happen in the real estate market? The whole market's going to crash. No, the market just went completely sideways because the rates were great. Um, people wanted to buy a house. Nobody kind of wanted to sell their house, which created the frenzy that happened and, and so on and so forth. So it, it's a lot of ups and downs. Like every day is a little different, which I love it. That's the challenge of it. But I think when you're a realtor and you're helping somebody sell their house. Right. Uh, when when times are tough and there are tons of houses, there are certain things you do to be the best. Yes. When things are now and there are very few houses and it's like, oh, my goodness, there's a house and there's a bidding war. There are things you do there to be the best. Right. Can you. So in this current environment, it, it yes, the pictures matter and, and mm -hmm. the listing matters. But what are some of the specific things in the last year that you found that you've been able to do or your team has been able to do where you go? This is this is what we've done. That's been the best or better than a lot of the other listings out there. Well, the one thing you got to know, you know when you go on the market, when people see you online, that's the first showing. So. The pictures have to be fantastic. We do drone videos just to get a little more, and we set it to the you know nice golf music, the like the, kind of the masters kind of thing or whatever. But whatever it is, trying to get a little bit more emotion, things like that. But even before the pictures, the stager comes in and she, you know, thins things out. You know, if there's a, something in a room that doesn't belong, we got to get it out. We got to make the houses look big. We have to put you know little tchotchkes or little plants or whatever in all the right places. Get the house ready to show. You know, a couple months ago, all you had to do is stand on your front lawn and raise your hand and, and your house is sold. You got 75 offers. You know, now we're getting back to a little bit more normal. But what can you sell your house? Yes. I mean, there's not a lot out there. But to really get to maximize the equity in the house and to get the, the most amount of offers, that that's what we're telling our people to do is that let's really make the house sing and dance. Let's really showcase it. And, you know, we you know, we buy ads on all the socials to kind of you know push it a little bit more and you know, we do open houses, things like that. Everything that we can do to get it out in front of people, as opposed to just take a couple iPhone pictures and, and pray that it sells. Would it sell? Probably, but that's not doing our people service. And I would imagine in a market like we're in today, the other side of that equation is you help people buy. Yes. So, um, it, and it's funny, going back to 2007, 2008, the, the hardest job of the realtor was, was kind of getting to, to selling someone's home. Now the hardest job of the realtor is maybe helping somebody buy a home. Exactly. So, so what are some of the things that you help uh, speak to? You know, speak to the people who are looking to buy. Right. Um, how do you help them get that winning bid? So uh, one of the biggest things that we do is we pick up the phone and call the agent. 
like I know when I'm selling a house, if I get a phone call from an agent saying, hey, this is, this is Bob or Susie or whatever, my people love the home, what's important to your sellers? You know, how can we make this deal? Because obviously we're going to end up near the top or might not be at the top like price wise, but it's not always price. It could be the closing date. It could be, you know, can we get a temporary occupancy? Can we all this stuff? So people who call me and say, what's important to your sellers? I'm like, all right, these people know what's going on. We do that all the time. I, you know, and be buddy, buddy with the realtor and say, what's important um, for my people? You've got to get pre-approved ahead of time. And, you know, you probably heard that a million times, but it's vitally important just because if you put in an offer without a pre-approval, it's, it's not going anywhere, you know, and it, it lets you know your buying power. Because a lot of times if you have a 1099 type job, you may not, you may have made, let's say $100,000 last year, but because you're 1099 and you write everything off for taxes and everything, taxes show you made $10,000 last year and you're not buying a home. And you may not know that until we get to the to the house and start looking, whatever. So really knowing your buying power up front, that sets the stage. And, you know, we also, we don't sugarcoat, you know, what's going on. You know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a hard market. And we tell people right off the bat, you know, this is where we are. It's a little bit better now for buyers because the rates going up has, has pulled a lot of buyers out of the market, which is kind of a good news, bad news thing. Because the bad news is the rates are way up. But, you know, at the same time, it, it's about just being active and trying to, you know, it's not just putting in the offer and let's, let's pray it goes. It's being active and talking to the agent, being active in, in all that stuff. You're seeing a lot of things that are positive then in the market, yeah. or at least staying in a direction. It's, it's hard to move. Uh, it's hard to slow down a train or a aircraft carrier. Right. It needs miles to be able to slow down right. and, and, and get to where it, we're, we're not quite there yet. We're not ready to stop. How do you take advantage of a market where I'm not sure if anyone else here in this room has had this, where people literally call you and go, hey, is your house for sale? I'd love mm-hmm. to. Um, I almost bunch all realtors together because of a bad experience. How right. do you get yourself out of that hole where some people may say, I don't want anything to do with any agent ever because I had somebody call me too many times or a bad experience with somebody else? What What would you recommend for people to do? If I call somebody and they say, oh, I talk to these realtors and they're complete, you know what, I say, I work with them, I know exactly what you're dealing with, you know, and we try and have a chuckle about it. And then just ask them about their pain, you know, and ask them, all right, talk to me about, you know, a lot of realtors come off as salesy, you know what I mean? And if it, and we, we, the joke is it's called commission breath and people can smell it from a mile away. And it's like, and yes, we all have our businesses because we want to take care of our families. We want to grow a giant business and, you know, and make money. That, that's why we have our business. But you have to serve people. If you serve enough people, you'll be taken care of. So that's how we come at it. You know, if they always say, oh, the realtors, they're, you know, they're calling me, driving me crazy. And they drive me crazy, too. I work with them all. But then well, there's it, a it difference. Most to, of the ones that I've heard are in a boiler room somewhere. You can tell there's other people right, in the background, right. and that's a completely different scenario. Let's avoid that for just a second. Yeah, when you first started, um, I know some people that uh, I'm going to pass up business cards in the parking lot or have little flyers or things just to get my name out there. How, right. how do you, with the internet, your ability to tweet, there are some other ways out there. What right. are some of the creative ways that you think of somebody just getting started and how they can take advantage so of it? I, I'm very blessed in that I grew up here in Gwinnett. So I came here, uh, spent 10 years in New Jersey, and then my dad got transferred down here in 88. And so I've been a Gwinnettian since 88. I moved to Norcross, and we've just steadily moved up 85. Um, 
So I've been here, dropped roots here, graduated high school here, went to Georgia Tech. I worked here, you know, so I never left. So that being said, I have a really good base of support from family and friends that know, know me, like me, and trust me. That's kind of the, you know, you, you have to serve them, though, and do well at it, you know. But that's been my base, my strongest base of, of business is my family and friends and their referrals. Outside of that, then it becomes a question of what else can we do? You know, we call people whose houses didn't sell, try and find out why they didn't sell and see if we can help them. Uh, you know, there's internet leads, social media. I'm crazy on Instagram, um, and, it, and it keeps me in, in in people's view, especially you know, family and friends and you know, past clients, things like that. Um, but there's all different ways that you can be proactive. You know, some people like to buy leads from one of those big national companies. Those tend to not work out for us. For for us, it's really more of you know, calling into a neighborhood and saying, hey, we sold, you know, if we had 45 offers on a house, you know, we, we sold this house, had 45 offers on it, but I mean, we get letters from some of these buyers and it's heartbreaking They're, what they've been going through. I mean, do you know anybody looking to sell? I mean, because I mean, we're trying to just grow it that way as well. So there's, there's all different avenues that we, we go down. We've been focusing up to this point, and we're talking with Steve Malone of Malone Realty Group. We've been talking up to this point about home buyers and 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 uh, home sellers, but uh, your company is Malone Realty Group. There's an aspect of other realtors uh, that that and other real estate agents that you might want to address who are listening to this. That right. maybe they're looking for a change. Talk talk about your group and talk about. Uh, other realtors that, that you've built relationships with or are looking to build relationships right. with? Right. So I started in my with the previous team that I was with. We were with Keller Williams. Uh, I was with them for about four years with a team for three and then solo for one. And then I recently made the jump to EXP last year, which is kind of like the newer kind of kid on the block. Um, a lot of realtors think to themselves, I want to be my own broker. You know, that's kind of the dream of some realtors is to be the broker and um, you know, kind of do everything myself. And what, what a lot of those people realize is like, that's all the headache is the broker. It's like all the compliance stuff and the law stuff. It's like, that's not what we want to do. You know, we want, we want to go out, we want to go meet people, shake hands, you know, show houses, you know, kiss babies, all that stuff. You know, that's what we want to do. And that's been the great thing about going to EXP is like they handle all that and we can just grow. Now, with my group that I'm in, you know, we are in a growth looking mode right now. I have a transaction coordinator, uh, had a part time agent. Uh, we're looking to grow from there. Um, but, it, you know, it's about being smart in how we grow. You know, I don't, a lot of people think to themselves, well, if I get really busy, I'll just go hire another agent to help me out. But if you're underwater and you get a brand new agent, they're going to be underwater. And if you don't have the right person behind the scenes helping you, then everybody's underwater. That doesn't do anybody any good. And the and that the industry of of real real estate agents and realtors um, is is an industry that kind of has a history of. Right. I, I hate to say it, but, you know, kinda, it, well, OK, so entrepreneurs and you talked about being an entrepreneur, typical business failure rate is what it is. Seventy two percent of statistics are off the internet and made up maybe, but Abraham Lincoln said that. Yeah, exactly. It re <laughs> so, but real estate agents, it, it's a pretty high failure rate, right? Yes. So, so speak to that yep. and what are you guys are going to do to combat that? So within two years, it's 80% are out of real estate. And I think a lot of those are the ones that, that went in solo and didn't get in with the right team or get in under the right, the right person, the right mentor. 
So, you know, I've, you know, being at EXP, we had the opportunity to mentor people. There's a mentorship program. So I have some mentors and we have classes every week and you know, they can call me anytime because the cool thing about EXP is it's publicly traded. So we're all owners in the company. So um, the cool thing is everybody has a hand in helping to build everybody else's business. So a lot of these people, you know, if, if a kid comes in, gets his real estate license, doesn't know what he's gonna do, even if he's not on my team per se, it's my responsibility, I think, to, to really wrap my arms around them and, and get them to the next level. So Steve Malone, Malone Realty Group, for those people who are looking to buy or sell a home or those agents or realtors who might be looking to change their scenarios, how do they get in touch with you guys? Uh, easiest way, much to my wife's dismay, my phone on me 24-7, so 470-233-4409, or find me on Instagram, Steve Malone Realtor, that's Malone, M-I-L-O-N-E, not M-A-L-O-N-E, much to my chagrin for the rest of my well, life. Now you've spelled it both ways, so you got to spell it right again. M-I. L-O-N-E. Milone. Member, not FDIC. Not FDIC, yeah. yes. Steve Malone, Malone Realty Group, thank you so much for being here. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. I uh, also want to thank uh, Dean Reeves from Reeves Young. So two great guests. Uh, before we get out of here, before I let Harper have his last word, uh, I want to remind everybody that the Gwinnett Business Radio does come to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios. Love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. You can enjoy big savings and a hassle-free experience. A hassle-free experience. That sounds fascinating. At Subaru of Gwinnett, where people sell cars. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com and join their family today. Or come in and see the difference. If you're already a Subaruist, then check out their Facebook page for the latest news, offers, and community events. Want to also remind everybody that Gwinnett Business Radio and all the uh, shows from Business Radio X can be found on businessradiox.com. You can uh, search our Gwinnett studio. You can also subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. You can see all the great updates from Mike and the other rest of the team at Business Radio X. You just need to follow at Gwinnett Radio X. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, other social media platforms that I'm not on because I'm too old and crotchety. Having said that, Harper, do you have any closing comments? I just challenging times, and we got two guests that are saying we're going to make the best of it. I, I think they've done a terrific job of explaining where we are and how you get through it, and bright days ahead. I like that. Yeah, Mike, that is why you always let the co-host say something at the end because they add to the show and make what the stuff I've done even better. Because Harper just nailed it, so I'm going to finish it. <laughs> Mike putting his fingerprints all over the show. So, unfortunately for Mike Salmon, but fortunately for Harper LaBelle, my co-host, and for our guest, this is Stephen Julian saying we'll catch you next time on Gwinnett Business Radio. <laughs>